0: Hear from the Lord found in Psalm 96, 1 to 13. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. This is the word of the Lord.
1: good morning Uh, on this uh, Sunday morning, on this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, My name is Doug. I'm one of the pastors here at Lord's Love, and thank you for joining in to our Christmas Eve service. I hope you've been experiencing uh, the joy of Christmas and the wonder of Christmas that just a little bit more uh, during this season, during this morning. Uh, We're going through a sermon series called Advent in the Waiting, where we're learning what it means to wait in the in-between, because during, uh, during Christmas, there's a season, if you haven't heard of this before, called Advent, and the word Advent comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means arrival. So we remember, we look back to the first arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, but also we look forward to his second coming, the arrival of Jesus. will come back again uh, and come back for all his people, come back for his church. But we also live in the in-between uh, right now, where Jesus also invades and comes into our lives, or we get to experience Him anew and fresh ways. See, this Christmas season, it may be a happy season, it might be the hap hap happiest season uh, of all, uh, as the baptism tank is making sounds. Uh, it's not me, uh, it's the baptism tank. Uh, and is there in the happiest season of all where we come in to be celebrated and remember what Christmas is really all about? But it may be. Some of the loneliest times as well. Some of the loneliest times for the, the church, uh, for you as, uh, as a person. Uh, in fact, according to the World Health Organization, uh, earlier in November, the World Health Organization, they designated loneliness, actually, as, uh, as a uh, global health concern, where one in four older adults are experiencing loneliness and isolation. And pain, especially all the more during a season like this, and maybe that's you, because loneliness and social isolation are health risks, as uh, the World Health Organization say. It's, uh, it's a kind of experience that many of us are going through, especially for those going through loneliness and, and isolation. So maybe you're feeling this way this morning during this Christmas season, you come into Lord's love, you come to your church, maybe this church for maybe the first time. And you're wondering, God, where are you? And you're wondering, God, what are you doing in this world with all the pain and all the suffering and everything that is going on in the world today? And I draw from Dr. Beth Green. She's the provost and chief academic officer at Tyndale University, where I'm currently uh, almost finishing my studies at. And she says this uh, during this newsletter that she wrote, A Mary carried the Christ child for nine months, difficult months and bleak and frightening times for her nation. The light of a star uh, and a sparkle of gifts shine so much more brightly when we confront the reality of brokenness, pain, and suffering in our world. Waiting is pilgrimage. The Advent journey is different and the same every year. Some years we are contented, excited, and others we're exhausted and scared. The same scriptures bear witness to you and me in all of these circumstances. The Christ child is coming, has come, and will come instead of closing with Merry Christmas then. I will close with Marathana, which means Marathana, which means uh, may he come again. That there's this yearning during this Christmas season to wait uh, because our hopes and our dreams cannot be fulfilled in this world that we live in, but one day Christ will come back and all things will be made right again. And also Malcolm Gweet, he says this, he's an English-Anglican priest and poet. Advent itself is always B.C., before Christ. It's during this Advent season where we transform ourselves back before Jesus was born. Why? Because the whole purpose of Advent is to be for a moment fully and consciously before Christ. To remember what the world is like before Jesus is born. Before Jesus the King comes into the world and the hope and the love and the joy and the peace that he brings for us to remember once Again, and maybe this Christmas, for you, maybe you've lost a wonder. Maybe it's a lonely one. Maybe it's a hurtful one. But for us to remember once again what life is like when Jesus comes into a life. Another quote, I like quotes, so follow along with me for a little bit. Tish Harrison Warren, she writes in her book, Advent, Season of Hope, Advent is a time to ready ourselves for the celebration of the incarnation. And this is no small task The way we celebrate Christmas can easily become sentimental and trite. We're so familiar with the story, the little lambs and the shepherds and the Christmas star and the stockings, that we fail to notice the depth of pain and chaos and danger of the world which Jesus was born. Christmas, with its compulsory jollification and insistence on being the happiest season of all, devolves into saccharine escapism if we do not first take note of the darkness in the world in, in our own lives. So this morning, I start off on a bit of a dark and bitter note on this Christmas Eve service. It's actually to remind ourselves that even as us Christ followers as Christians, that it's not about joy and, and it's not about just happy feelings and emotions all the time that everything's gonna be okay. No, in fact, Christians ought to be the people that realize the deepest reality of the world in which we live in, the darkness and the pain and the depths of despair in this world. But I'm reminded of movies like this, Talladega Nights, I do not recommend it, don't need to watch it, I just wanted to point this out to you where he's praying for grace, Ricky Bobby is praying for grace and he's praying to dear eight pound six ounce newborn baby Jesus, don't even know a word yet, just a little infant, so cuddly but still omnipotent. As he's praying, and he just keeps praying on and on and on to little baby Jesus, and his wife gets fed up. It's like, you know, Jesus was a grown-up man. Later on, he can pray to, like, grown-up Jesus, and then the grandpa was like, yeah, he was a man. He had a beard, okay? (laughs) Like, he didn't stay a baby forever, and then Ricky Bobby's, like, I'll pray to whoever Jesus I want to pray. I like the baby Jesus, okay? And he goes on and keeps saying, dear baby Jesus, so cute, and so, you know, (laughs) going on and on. And that's kind of the vision and the version of, of Jesus that we want, like, cute little baby Jesus, but... There was a purpose in Jesus being born. Yes, he was cute. Yes, he was a human being. That was born in a, in a manger. And we love that story, but he was also king. You see in Psalm 96. Here, you might be like, This is a strange passage to read on a Christmas Eve, and maybe so. But Psalm 96 is what's known to be part of the enthronement Psalms, which re- helps us to remind the purpose of the Psalm is to, to affirm and to lift up and to remind the people that the Lord is reigning. That he is king over the earth, that he is present and reigning in and, and the Lord, and he is, he is very much involved in his people. And we can read this through Psalm 46, 90, 93, 95, 96, 97, and so on. It's not to be confused with what uh, Pastor Howard preached on last week, which are the Royal Psalms, which talks about the earthly kings and how Jesus, uh, how, sorry, how God will fulfill his purposes through the earthly kings, like King David so there's an enthronement psalm just reminding us that God is reigning, the Messiah is reigning. And what we believe as Christians is that Jesus is the Messiah, the fulfillment of all things. And this is the big idea for us is that yes, it was cuddly baby, eight pound, six ounce Jesus in that manger, but the arrival of Jesus was actually the arrival of the King. That this is the form in which the Lord of the universe chooses to reveal himself to you and to I, not in an army as, as Greta, our worship leader, was talking about, splitting the clouds and coming on a white horse, which he will one day, but at this moment, to show us that he can relate to us as human beings, to show us that he knows you and that he understands your heart. He came in the form of a baby. I was listening to this, uh, this, uh, watching this little video uh, posted by Dale Johnson, who's a uh, preacher, pastor, theologian in the city, and he was asked about why do you love Christmas so much. And he shares a story about two theologians. The first one, a Swiss theologian, uh, Karl Barth, and having a co- to- conversation uh, with Thomas Torrance, uh, which is another uh, theologian, uh, both heavyweights in their own ways. And they're like, hey, when did you know, they asked each other this question, when did you know that there's going to be salvation for the people. Like, when did you know that the world was going to be saved? And Karl Barth was the first one to answer. He's like, well, Good Friday, of course. Good Friday, when Jesus hung and died on the cross for our sins. That's when we knew that salvation came into the world. And he turned around and asked Thomas Torrance, like, what do you think? When did salvation come into the world? And Thomas Torrance replied, well, through Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas Eve, when the Christ child was born. That's when I knew the salvation came into the world. And then Daryl Johnson shares, he's like, well, who am I? But if I were to ask this, were asked this question, uh, my reply is, during the conception, when Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, that's when I knew that salvation's come into the world. And I quote, in that moment, humanity and divinity was united in a single cell in her womb. And in that very moment, when humanity and divinity came together as one, there was no turning back. There was no turning back. In that moment, God's salvation plan for you and for me, the fulfillment of all things to give us life in that very moment, in the holy conception, that's when Daryl Johnson says, and maybe something for you to think about this morning, salvation came into the world where Jesus was saying, I'm coming for you. I'm coming to give you new life. I'm coming to give you new hope. I'm coming to transform everything that you thought you knew in this whole world that we live in. Everything's going to change. There is no turning back. And a few quick points this morning uh, as we go into the psalm. This observations for us to remind ourselves this morning. What does it mean for us that Jesus is king and that he has come into this world? Well, We learn from the psalm this morning that Jesus is a glorious king, most worthy of praise. He's not just any king, like any earthly king or any royal family. We read in Psalm 96, 1 to 3, sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, and declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all nations people. As read here, sing to a new song. Why? Because he's this glorious king. He's this king that's worthy of praise. We're to worship him and to lift him up, and we're to sing this new song. And that literal translation of new is fresh. Sing a fresh song. Man, I need to hear that word this morning. In a tired and weary world, world in a busy season, of maybe loneliness and isolation and brokenness to have a fresh song of this freshness this newness come in from out inside of us from the very throne of god this fresh song it's not about being musically inclined because you're like doug have you heard me sing you don't know i can't play an instrument no that's not what this song is about yes that is included but it's about this new song that comes from the heart this new way of seeing life, this new vision, these new lenses that you get to see life through when Jesus comes into your life. There's this new appreciation for life all together. Here, here's an example. One of my favorite songs right now, and I was talking, uh, our family was talking about this a little bit at dinner yesterday. It's about, uh, uh, about, uh, about Brandon Lake, uh, news in a block, he's coming uh, to Vancouver, uh, if you didn't know, beside the point. I. One of my favorite songs right now is Gratitude, uh, where it sings about how even though everything he has uh, falls short, but still God is good, and all we can really bring is our lives to God, and we sing the song of offering uh, to him. And it's interesting, because I could sing these lyrics one day, and yes, the lyrics, I can sing it, and it may not experience much, but I can sing the song the next day. I can look at my, my toddler going around, to have a new appreciation, this new thankfulness in my heart. The words are exactly the same, but there's this new song that changes. Or the next day, I can look at my wife and just be thankful for how God has provided uh, through her uh, in the way that she has blessed me, or or, or or my work, or this city that I live in. See, God, He gives us new songs and this freshness in our hearts, not something that we can create ourselves, but it's something that he does only he can do and he transforms. So when King Jesus comes into the world, it's a recognition that he's not any king. He's a king that can change all things. He's a king that can give you that that, that freshness, that thirstiness in your soul, that hunger in your soul. He's the one that can fully satisfy and he changes day after day even though it may be the same truth and the same message. Secondly, Jesus is not only any king. He's also a great king. Psalm 96, 46 continues saying this, For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens, and uh, made the heavens splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in uh, his name. He's, in other words, he's not a local king. He's not even a national king. He's not even a global king. He's not even a, g- gala- a king in our galaxy. <laughs> I'm not sure what the word is there. Uh, he's universal. Not local, not global, but universal. He's a great king. He's a king that transforms all boundaries and, and all things. He's greater. In other words, than anything you could ever hope for or ever imagine. Any longing that you have, he is greater than that. Any brokenness that you're going through, he is greater than that. He's greater than all things that you could ever truly experience here on earth. He is the good king that only comes to give us good gifts. So we see that he is a glorious king, he's a worthy, a praised kind of king, he's a great king, but we also see He's a king. He's not just reigned in the past or he's going to reign in the future, but he's also currently reigning right now. When he came in on the form of the manger, on that manger throne, he was already reigning. It wasn't wait, waiting for a crowning moment. He was already born. He was born as king. He was already reigning in that moment. Psalm 7, uh, verse 7 to 10 goes on to say, Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord Glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nation what? The Lord reigns. Not he will reign or he has reigned or, 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 or whatever. He is reigning in this moment. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Jesus is the king who is already reigning right now in this moment. And you might be like, "Doug, that's so hard because of what I'm going through, because of what I'm seeing in the world. But here's the truth that maybe that needs to seep into your soul this morning, that He is already reigning, that he's already in control, that he already knows all things. This word for a scribe can be translated as simply give." Because he is reigning, this is what we are to do as his people. If you follow Jesus, this is what we are to do to ascribe, just to give. To give to the Lord what he fully deserves. Give to the Lord because of who he is. Our Dr. Michael Kraus, he uh, also teaches at Tyndale. Also, I've read this in the same newsletter. I'm sharing this uh, with you. He says this, In Advent, we prepare ourselves for the incarnation of the word of God. At the first Advent, the wise men brought gifts of gold, signifying his kingly office and something of great value. Magi brought gifts representing the very best uh, they had, not something which cost them nothing. So let us offer him our most expensive gifts our lives, our jobs, our time, our focus, things that are most valuable to us. They also brought frankincense, representing the, his divine nature, a spice used for worship, representing the fragrant worship of the saints. A sweet-smelling savior represents the presence of God filling the temple. So let us offer Him our worship, our lives given as a sweet-smelling savior. A savior. Finally, they brought myrrh, representing the cleansing, purification, and preservation of Jesus' suffering. Let us offer up clean hands and a pure heart. So this morning we don't just visit. uh, We don't. We don't just visit and read. Luke 1 and 2, the Christmas story, and look at it as afar like that just happened a long time ago. No, in the words of Tish uh, Warren Harrison, again, she says that oh, the Advent story, the Christmas story, is actually all of the gospels, all of scripture, is this immersive play, this immersive theater, meaning that no one takes a back seat. We don't read it and be like, oh, that's great. Good for you, Jesus. Good for you. No, he invites us into the story, and there's a, there's a, there's a, part, there's a role for you to play. There's a there's a part for you in the story of God where he invites us into the story to experience him in new and fresh ways. So we remind ourselves he is reigning right now. The chaos doesn't reign. The pain doesn't reign. The sickness doesn't reign. That anxiety doesn't reign. That 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 depression doesn't reign. The cancer doesn't reign. That brokenness doesn't reign, broken relationships don't reign, loneliness doesn't reign, even death itself does not reign. And we proclaim that from the mountaintops on this Christmas Eve, through the birth of Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, to remind us that God's salvation plan is in play and still is in play in this very moment, that we remind ourselves now, as we push back the pressures of the world, that the Lord reigns and we can take a breath, And that everything is going to be okay. Dr. J. As Dr. J. Clinton McCann says, in a world weary of old patterns of injustice and unrighteousness, the best possible news is that God is still at work creating new possibilities for life that are properly welcomed, celebrated, and facilitated by a singing of a new song. How are you feeling this morning? Are you tired, are you weary, are you needing a new song? Are you needing this freshness that God is offering us because he still invites us? In fact, God is reigning right now in the midst of the pain. And maybe you've seen this painting already. Uh, You've seen this painting by Kelly Lattimore. He's an artist, uh, a monk artist. I don't know how to call him. (laughs) Uh, And he painted this icon. And iconography is not something that we talk about a lot. It's not something to be worshipped, but it's actually a tool to help us, to invite us into the presence of God. And He calls this painting Christ in the rubble. He calls this painting Christ in the rubble. And I want to invite you to come and take a look at it later on. I'm going to put it up in the altar here to come and notice what is God inviting you into? Because he's painting this picture right now in the midst of what's going on in Gaza, what's going on in Israel, the pain and the fighting and the war, that despite all the war that's going on, all the pain and all the struggles, that that's actually something that Jesus was not unfamiliar with, that Jesus was born into the rubble in a time of chaos and time of pain. That's exactly when Jesus comes into little town Bethlehem. So I want to invite you to look at this painting a little bit later. It's not the real thing, obviously. Uh, It's a copy of it, but take a note of it. Maybe you want to quiet yourselves, come before the Advent Candles and come, and you take a note and see what you notice and what your eyes are drawn to as the Spirit of God is working in you. But this is the reminder that God is reigning in this very moment, not the things of the world, but Jesus right now in the rubble of your life, that it is possible for God to reign and to be very present in that moment and that's because king jesus has not only come but he will come back again one day and we can find hope in that that right now your pain and your longings and your hope and 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 all the things that don't satisfy your hopes and desires nothing in this world was meant to but jesus is and one day he will come and make all things right and i end with the last few verses here, let the heavens then rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let the the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in, uh, in his faithfulness. That God will come for us again one day. And I end with this other illustration that I got. (laughs) I'm a visual kind of guy. Now, you might have seen this on playgrounds all around, not this bench itself, but something called friendship seats, right? Have you seen those around the city? They're usually colorfully painted. I know there's one at my my son's elementary school. The friendship seat is the place for friendship, the place where relationships are meant to happen. It was kind of like anti-bullying kind of initiative in the beginning. But on this Christmas Eve again, Jesus invites us to his friendship seat. And he's saying, sit. Just sit with me and breathe. Everything is going to be okay. All the pain you're going through, all the struggle, the anxiety, the rage, is war in your mind, that that the sickness that's raging war against your body, the hopes and dreams are not fulfilled that you've been longing for for so long, just come and sit. That's the invitation. Come and sit and breathe and be with me. Yes, it is painful. He's not downplaying that. But one day, everything is going to be okay. How do we know? Through the birth of Jesus, the Savior of the world, the King of Kings has come for his people. To give you new life so they can experience joy, hope, peace, and love like no other. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are for being a God that doesn't forsake us, doesn't forget us, but you remember us. So this morning, as we're about to go and continue on in our celebrations, Lord, may we go being filled with this new hope and this new joy that only you can give. Father, pray for people now that are experiencing pain and brokenness, depression, anxiety, sickness, death of a a loved one, death of a dream, Father, I pray in this moment, in in the rubble, that you will come into those moments and that we will say yes to you, God. We receive you as Lord. We say yes, you are God. And that everything's going to be okay because Christ, the Lord, is born and he will come again for his people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.